All right, Joe. So we are sitting here together. We're talking sales 101. We're talking, and I, I would look at it this way, and, and I want you to kind of jump in and chime in on this, but I'm not looking so much as sales 101 because here's what I know. If you couldn't sell, you wouldn't be here. Like if you're listening to this and you're in sales, if you can't sell, uh, the reality is you won't last. This is this is like a martyr's lifestyle. You get the crap kicked out of you every day, and you're expected to get back up, come back for more tomorrow. So at the end of the day, don't think of this as like two guys sitting on a microphone here uh, telling you how to sell. It's more about ways to improve. It's ways to sharpen the the blade. It's the ways to um, you know, to move to him to, uh, I would say to grow. And so one of the things I'll throw at you and, and you kind of walk me through your world a little bit and I'll walk you back through mine is when you think of the objections, the things that are keeping people from getting to the goal line, getting across the goal line and scoring, what are some of the biggest objections you hear from the people that are around you? Yeah. So specific to my industry, right? Yeah, let's start there. Yeah. So not to unpack this too much, but I think that what they C is the problem, isn't really the problem, right? <laughs> it's true it, of even our prospects, isn't it? It really is. Yeah. It really is because they will tell you it might have been um, a bad product fit or a lack of support or whatever because I think naturally eight out of ten people are going to look for all the things that don't include them or their yeah. own process right. or yeah. their own conviction. The things they can't control. Exactly, right. yeah, and, and and they fall victim to that and will ultimately fall prey to it. So what I would say is the reality of what limits us from getting to the next level is actually finding a way to truly connect with somebody on a different level than everybody else. Gotcha. And, and I think that, that that starts now, will they identify that? Probably not, you know, cause there's always an outlier of it wasn't the right time. I think timing is huge. Right. I mean, if I had to say, honestly, if we take away all this really cool coaching stuff that we actually believe, you know, right. I, I eat this all day long. Right. Like I really believe that what we're talking about matters more than any product or any solution. I really do. Yeah. Because a, a it applies everywhere. And it doesn't matter what the product is because right. it's, it's really the human dynamics. It's how do we connect with people? How do we determine whether they have a need that we can fulfill and can they pay for it? Mm -hmm. And if they can't, it's okay. It's not for everybody. And it might not be the right product. It might not be the right service. Our job is really to help bring people to a point of decision, not to sell them anything. Mm -hmm. And if they need what we have and they have the budget or they have the ability to pay for it in some way, might be a great fit. Right. But at the end of the day, it's like I tell people, hey, stop selling and start serving. Yep. When you start serving people, good things happen. You'll mm -hmm. serve your way to a sale. Yeah. But when you're selling, I'll tell you, especially with technology today and the ability to hear and see all the training that's out on the web, mm -hmm. people are like, hey, those sales tricks don't work. That's right. And they shouldn't. Yep. We don't want to teach people how to trick people. We want to teach people how to serve people. And by doing that, it's solid and it works. And you'll find that you'll you'll find very quickly the people who are going to do business with you and the people who aren't going to do business. Mm -hmm. So if you think of objections, you think of the the like when I sit in um, a class, I do a great exercise. I think it uh, applies across the board. But when I'm doing a sales training class, I'll say everybody take out a sheet of paper, and I want you to write down the objections that you hear when you lose. So you know when not the deals you get. And you were able to get passes. I don't need to teach you anything there. It's the deals mm -hmm. you didn't get. What are the objections? I want you to write those down. And then I want you to write how often that's happening because I'm really wanting to push them to know their numbers. And we'll talk about that in another segment. But, but right now, I want to say write down the objections. And then I take that piece of paper and I have each of them kind of scrunch that thing up into a ball and throw it to the front of the class. And the first question I ask them is, how much money do you think sitting on the floor? See, because in most cases... 
the salespeople do all the work even when they lose, right? You know, 100% of the deals they pitch, mm-hmm. they don't close them all. The ones they lose, they still did the work for. Right. And in fact, sometimes people that aren't them benefit from that work. Mm-hmm. So my question is, what's costing those deals? Why are they losing? What do you hear? So I think that, um, and I alluded to it, this is a great follow-up from what we, you know, the first thing we talked about. I think the undercurrent that's always present in almost every case you work with with an individual's timing. Okay. You know, we talked about uh, last week, we had this schedule to do a podcast. You know what? Circumstances change things. Right. Health, um, family matters, right. balance, all that stuff, right? So I think that I think that timing is, is, is huge, right? It's a huge piece of it. I, I think that, that communication is an underrated thing. Yep. Because if you've clearly walked through a value proposition with somebody and you've uncovered that you can actually be of value to somebody, and at the end of that process, it didn't result in you actually serving them, something went wrong along the way, but it's not their need. Their mm-hmm. need never changed. And I think that that communication leads to what I think is, is massive. And, and this is going to sound so ambiguous, or ambiguous, sorry, but like I, I truly believe that expectation is huge. Are we properly setting the expectation, not just for the end result, but for the process? Yeah. We've lost a lot of, of um, traction with people, big deals, small deals, um, of, of all varieties, because we're walking through what we know to be true. I use it as a golf example. You know, being, I was a scratch golfer for years, right? I'm, I'm older I get, the better I was. <laughs> but, you know, I, it's like me trying to understand, and we talked about this, I think, in our last segment, was... Um, when I'm, when I'm trying to show a 19 handicap, how to hit a two iron off of a tight lie, it's not easy for them to really even comprehend how to make contact. Right. And I have a hard time understanding why they don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And we do that a lot. competent. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think we walk through client processes like that. What it does is it sets an unfair expectation. Yeah. An unrealistic uh, end goal. Right. Because now we're on two wavelengths instead of just following a process all along and having checkpoints along the way. So I think communication, expectation, and timing are three major, major things that will lead you to success or failure. Well, and do you believe a process is what's going to get you around that? Is that kind of what I'm hearing? Yeah. I think a lot of issues are systemic. Yeah. Are, you know, I should say systematic. Yeah. Well, if you don't have a process, <laughs> here's what I know. There is a buyer-seller dance that takes place in every opportunity. Somebody's going to lead and somebody's going to follow. Mm -hmm. The question is, who is it? If you allow the buyer to lead, in a lot of cases, you'll get burned. If you lead, but you don't lead appropriately, you'll step on their toes and they'll leave either way. Mm -hmm. And so it is a delicate balance. And I I promote the fact that, you know, the buyers use what I call a four-step lose model process. It's four steps, and, and it uh, you've used it, I've used it, you know, every prospect you've ever sat across from has learned this. And I don't know who's teaching it, but it's universal. And it goes like this. The first step is they're going to leave out critical information. Why? Because they're scared to death you're going to actually sell them something. They mm-hmm. have been taught to keep the cards close to the vest. Yep. They're like, hey, you're like, hey, so tell me your problems. Tell me what your financial situation looks like. And they're like, oh, we're doing pretty good. Life's pretty good. I've been saving for a long time. Well, where do you have your money? Well, why don't you tell me about you? You know, they just shift it back for fear that you're going to get leverage. Mm -hmm. The second step is they're out to steal your expertise, which means they know you know something. And if you're like most salespeople, your belief is if I just tell you enough good things, you'll buy from me. Mm -hmm. And we all know that doesn't actually work. The third step is they still keep you on the hook, which says, hey, Joe, I really like what you have. I'd like you to put a plan together for me. 
And if you'll show me the plan, I think this could work for me. We really think you're great. And salespeople hear that and they're like, yes, this deal's done. In fact, they're cashing a commission check they haven't even earned yet. Right. And then the last step is the tough one. They evaporate. It's where you call them, you chase them, you run after them, and they're like, yeah, no, we're not going with you. And what they did is they took what you gave them, which was a lot of great information, and they either went back to their current advisor and said, hey, um, this guy Joe I talked to showed me this, and he said I should be doing this. And that advisor goes, yeah, you know, you probably should. We can make that adjustment right here, and you can just be safe and sound, and it's all good. And they're like, well, we know you. We trust you. Joe is smarter, but did they give Joe the credit? They didn't. Mm-hmm. And we call that the lose model, and it leads to a place where a lot of salespeople are sitting. It's a little island in the middle of the ocean, and we call that Hope Island. And they're all by themselves waiting for the ship to come in. And there's no ship coming. Mm-hmm. And see, if you don't, just what you were talking about, if you don't have a process that unwinds that or protects you from that, this is where you'll land. And now it's like Vegas. You're just rolling dice and hoping that you win. You do 100% of the work, and you get to keep some piece of that. Mm-hmm. Whatever percentage your closing rate is, that's what you get to keep. The business we're in is helping people take control of the sales process in a healthy way, in a way that has integrity, a way that's not sales tricks. It's a process designed to uncover, do you have a need that I can meet? If so, and I can present an offering to you, can you afford it? And if you can, would you like to do work? The decision yeah. will always be yours. And so it is very, very powerful. Yeah, you threw out some really, I think we read the same books. <laughs> but one of my one of my mentors, who you probably know in our industry, is Luca Serra. Okay. And Lucas Serra wrote the book From Selling to Serving. And I was nice. fortunate enough to sit in, in a variety of his different workshops. Actually, he was one of the first phone calls I made when I took over as general agent here okay. and brought him in and spent money I didn't even know I had. <laughs> but I said, I don't care what the price <laughs> is. I'm bringing Lou in. He's going to change the way we think. And he right. did. Right. And his whole mindset is becoming a, a be, do, have mindset instead of a have, do, be. Okay. Right. Like our young people that are listening think that if they have the right things, they can do the things they want to do and they'll become the person that everybody oh, wants okay. them to be. Yeah. That's good. It's the opposite of, of authentic conviction. Yeah. Right. And so that, that whole mindset, my authentic conviction mindset, again, we talk about that word tapestry. It's what it's become is from a lot of the people that have taught me a lot of the things. And he, he mentions from selling to serving and right. he mentions things like when you're processing, you look through what's called a VCR filter. It's oh. values, challenges, and relationships. So we want to know what you value, what challenges you face, and then what are the pre- uh, past, present, or future relationships that mean something to you. Right. And you, you're going to learn a lot through that process to understand, hey, I got burned from a re- retirement planning specialist specialist two, two years ago, bought me this nice dinner at Eddie Merlot's at a seminar, <laughs> and $8,000 in surrender fees later, I'm sitting here wondering what the heck happened, and now I don't trust you. Right. Kind of important to know. Well, and I think it's true in every sales environment on the planet. You know, if you were to make a list of, of uh, nicknames for salespeople, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be a very popular list. It wouldn't. And I think that's um, unfair to people who are doing it well and doing it right. But as I tell my kids, the fair's in August. It's one week. It doesn't last all year. Nothing's fair. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to work through that. And so how do you set that up? How do you build trust? How do you connect? You know, one of the things we do with our profiling is we, especially in financial services, because you're A, going to be talking about one of the most important things in people's lives, and B, um, understanding the pace by which you want to move gives us a really good insight as to not how to lose you for the wrong reason. And so we say, hey, you're sitting across from a couple. That husband may be very different than that wife. 
Um, we want to treat them individually and collectively at the same time, but how do you do that? Mm-hmm. And so one of the, the fastest ways we've taught people to connect is by understanding that human dynamics factor. Is this person very dominant, very fast moving, very short? And how do we address that? And in most cases, I kind of the old school selling says, be who you are, feed the dominant personality, and you're going to win. I'd, I would say we've got to unwind that. We've got to reprogram the approach in order to maintain the trust or build the trust, I should say. I totally agree. And and to the point where I will tell you, you you've, you've shifted my thinking a lot because, and it's not just from my professional perspective, because I truly think I'm... I'm a big Colin Cowherd fan, and I, I, I don't know if you ever listened to him, but he's the I don't like a, my quarterback wearing his hat backward guy, right? And, and, and he makes a good point, though, because you can't tell me that you're going to be hat backward guy out at the bars with your buddies Monday through Thursday and then, and then act like you're this responsible leader on Sunday. Right. I'm not saying don't play have like a, you practice. Exactly. And I even tell my kids one step further, I tell them practice like you're the worst and play like you're the best. Nice. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things where – you are who you are, and and all too often we want to we want to we want to shift our narrative when it's convenient for us mm-hmm. to get to the conclusion that we want, right? And that's called manipulation. By the way. It's yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. We can like wordsmith it right. all we want, right? Like you know, narcissism, manipulating, right. right. you know, all that stuff. When in reality, when you really understand and and and, and grasp who you are, right. you can embrace it, and 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 then obviously work on the things that don't that don't. Right. you know, work for you. But I'm amazed now using that hat backwards analogy when, when we're bringing people in and I have people all the time talk about the, the Holy grail of recruiting and is recruiting in our business. Right. I don't, I don't care what you do. I mean, we got a, we got a guy here in our office, Phil, who, you know, yeah. who I, I brought him, I, I said, can I take you to lunch three years ago? I've known him for 20 years. Oh, wow. I said, can we just go to lunch? He thought I was going to talk to him about doing retirement planning for him and his wife. And I knew we'd get to that point. So we sit down, we start eating, and I said, Phil, I, you're probably wondering why I asked you to go to lunch, but I'm just going to come out right out and tell you, I think that you would be an absolute superstar in our business, and I want to talk to you about how I can get you to, to get in this and make this your career. Nice. And he about dropped his fork. Yeah. He had no idea, but yeah. the point is, is that you are made for something. You are built for something. And all I see, like, when I look at Phil, he's, you know, high red, high blue, right? right? But, like, for Phil, he is who he is. But when I'm able to look at him through those color lenses – it shapes how I need to address things and talk to them. And I don't think people do that enough. And I think that is how we get to the how. How do we communicate with people? Right, how trust, do we work with people? Because trust is built. So yes. you see right out of the gate, that, that I think is the biggest misstep of sales is when they start trying to you know, manipulate the conversation, people smell that. They sniff that. They've been sold. Like my, my wife says all the time, stop selling me. Just give me the facts. Like I don't need you to wow me. I, didn't, I need to know because that's her personality style. And see, if you address her any differently, you've lost her at hello. You never get to go over the problem. You never get to get in the weeds and find out what the real trash is that looks like needs to be picked out of there because mm-hmm. she doesn't trust you. Mm-hmm. And so the approach that you're talking about is under, I call it the languages. It's like, hey, I want to speak your language. If I'm going to come to your country, I want to speak your language. And when I do, that creates an equal playing field for us to now go to work. But if I come in and I'm like, you need to learn my language, and I'm the guy trying to approach you, I'm losing for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. My style is getting in the way of my success. Yep. And that is just, 
it's tragic is really what it is. You know, it's um, interesting. I, I, I do a lot of training in front of a lot of salespeople around, well, with COVID, it's slowed down quite a bit in terms of travel, but around the world. And one of the things that I hear from salespeople is, hey, teach me how to get past this or how to get past this. And sometimes they're looking for a silver bullet. I don't know if you see that in your world with the folks you bring in and coach, mm-hmm. but they're like, just teach me the trick. And I'm like, there's no trick. This is not, this is not tips and tricks club. This is an opportunity for you to truly understand how to have a conversation with someone to determine if they're a fit. And one of the best ways we help salespeople in general is teaching them how to disqualify versus qualify. It's a mind shift. See, when I'm trying to qualify you, unfortunately, my own style gets in the way because my personality, I'm very hopeful. I, I tend to see the best in situations. And so I see every deal as a closable deal. When in reality, it may be dead. Mm-hmm. The defibrillator's not working. The right. thing is over. Right. That guy has moved on. Yep. And so I've really, really worked hard to try to teach people how to begin to disqualify up front with understanding that you can't be afraid to lose something you never had. You know what I'm saying? That's a great, so, that's a great way to say it because people think it's theirs. Oh, every sales guy, every positive sales guy is like, dude, I can close anything that moves. And not only that, but you, you, you'll complain about the stuff you never really worked hard for or, pre- or prepared yourself from the beginning. Because I think, uh, again, I've used this line before with you, is, is um, the difference between success and failure has to be expectation. Because yeah. how do you know whether or not you won or lost if you don't know what, like, that's why we have scoreboards, yeah. right? But when we're, when we're going through a process with somebody... And this is the whole, again, another, another principle from, that I learned from Lou is attract versus chase. Mm. I'm done chasing stuff. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. You, you said something that, that resonated. I want to make sure we, we, I, I address it. When you said, stop selling me. Yeah. How many times do you think I hear that? <laughs> A lot, right? Well. And the thing is, is I'm not even trying to sell. I'm just passionate and I'm demonstrative. And I'm, I'm really, um, I was asked a couple weeks ago on a podcast, you know, what is the one thing that, that you think people misunderstand about you? And I said, it makes me sad that they're, and by the way, it doesn't bother me that pe- some people don't like me because no, when you have no, a big personality, yeah, yeah, yeah. people aren't going to like you yeah. for their own reasons, not well, for certain styles for sure. Yeah. Like, especially like, you know, you got high blues aren't yeah. going to be annoyed if I'm two minutes later, if I'm not real rigid in how I do things. Yeah, Your knock, knock jokes aren't funny. Exactly. Yeah. Move on to the, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah well, you a comedian guy. Yeah. Just give me the numbers. Uh, right. right. But it's like, I feel like people misunderstand that passion yeah. for being fake. And that's my biggest pain is like, there's people never gave me a shot because they think I'm trying to be mayor because I, it, it, they don't realize that I get my energy from making others happy Mm -hmm. um, or serving them. But when they say, stop selling me, here's what happens for a minute. I'm like kind of mad because I'm like, yeah, you take it personal, dude, I'm not selling you. I'm actually, I love what I do, but there's not a lot of people that do. So that that's not a common area, but then, and then what happens right after that, I have this overwhelming sense of relief. Because I can just get down to the brass tacks. Yeah, and I can say, awesome. okay, we're going to do this right now. You said that you want to retire at 65. You're only putting 5% of your savings in your retirement plan. Can you help me understand how you plan to do that? Yeah. Well, or And you know, now I can get real. And yeah. it's actually liberating yeah. for a yellow. Yeah. Well, and, and it actually sparks another. You know, we, we profiled you this week, so I'll, I'll jump in for yeah, just two seconds. I can't w- That's your red flaring back. Your red's like, all right, you want a piece of this? Let's go. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you want to, like, you, you thought I was selling you. I was here to help you. My interests were in, uh, were good. They were healthy. You you saw it as selling. I'm just passionate about what I do. All right, now the gloves are coming off, and I'm going to show you how bad a situation you're in. Mm-hmm. And I would say it's probably somewhere in the middle that you should meet them. Mm-hmm. I think your idea of setting up expectations first is awesome. I think people deserve, like I tell people all the time, you can take, 
prospects anywhere on the planet as long as you have permission. Without permission, it's invasive. Without permission, hands off. Mm-hmm. Without permission, you've crossed a boundary. They had a line that said, don't come in my personal space, and you jumped in their personal space. And I think what happens is pressure gets created, not intentionally, but understand they're coming in, in most cases, on guard anyway. And then you put their personality styles on top of it, and it could be ultra on guard. And so if you come in with the wrong approach, and it could be happening very quickly and very upfront, you, you've literally lost them for the mm-hmm. conversation. Now yeah. they're just being polite by sitting there. Yep. Okay. And so I think one of the things that we're pushing, I, I would say to or promoting is probably a better way to say that is, hey, look, what I have isn't for everybody. My job is to begin to uncover whether or not this will work for you. We use a serve model. It's five steps. My belief is that I want you to know how I serve the people who choose to be served by me. And if that's a fit, you'll stick around. If it's not, you'll leave. Either way, it's good with me. Mm-hmm. There's no pressure. When you work with me, there's never any pressure. But that lose model I was talking about where they're taking all your expertise and going back home to their current advisor, this kind of protects you from that. And it also protects them from doing things that they probably shouldn't do. That serve model is five steps. We're going to set the appointment. We're going to evaluate. We're going to recap. We're going to verify, and we're going to engage. And that's only if you choose to engage. Mm-hmm. But we're going to outline that in a clear path. And so I love your idea of setting expectations and knowing your customer. Those two things, I think, will help with what we started this on is, hey, how do we get you know the people to understand our intentions are good but determine whether or not we can help them? And I think those two steps are going to be critical for your people. They better have some process. I don't care if it's serve or some other process, but it has to be their process. And the agreement is I'm going to share how I work and I want to make sure you're good with it.